Hello, Fort Worth. Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues by knowing what's going on and how all this stuff works. My name is Anthony Sosa, and today here with uh, and today <laughs> I am here with Christopher Rose to discuss the recently released 2020 census data and how that will impact redistricting in Tarrant County as well as the state of Texas and what redistricting even means. All of the resources that we use as in every episode will be provided below in the show notes. So you can go check out our links, check out our work. And, uh, you know, if you find any inconsistencies, please let us know. We want you guys to be just as informed as we are. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth based nonprofit. You can sign up for our newsletter and get updates on Fort Worth political news and deep dives into local issues at our website, justicereformleague.net. Feel free to contact us if you have any episode ideas or additional stories you would like us to cover. Um, hit us up on Twitter at FWReview or send us an email at FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. Also, there is an election coming up here in just a few weeks. November 3rd is Election Day. There are going to be eight state propositions on the ballot. We covered that in a previous episode. So if you would like to know more information about those propositions, go check out that episode. Uh, and we're, they're also going to be a few Fort Worth ISD propositions, and we're going to cover those here on the next episode. So, okay, so essentially this week we're talking, we're talking about uh, the new 2020 census data that came from last year when they do the census. If you don't know, listener, every 10 years they do a census. And so they try to get the number of the population, a bunch of demographic information about the population and use that just to kind of update everyone's information. And the purpose of it is like to inform future policy. So it's like if a city is going to make certain laws or policies, they want to know what the city's population is like. They want to know who's living in the city, what types of people and, and where. Um, there's certainly like people, there's some people that are very suspicious of the government and they don't want to sign the census. They don't want to report their data, especially after like under the Trump administration where he kind of changed the rules and asked if you were a citizen or not, because that wasn't a question initially. I don't believe it actually ended up being a question on the census, but it was talked about for years ahead of time. So I think it, it disincentivized a lot of people from, uh, from reporting. So even though these numbers are the new numbers and these are the numbers we're going to go off for the next decade, um, they're still not really like a hundred percent representative. Like there are some people and we don't know how many that are not on this. Um, but the kind of the whole theme of this, has essentially been a, we've gotten a big population increase and it's been mostly population of color, particularly Hispanics and Latinos. And so I first kind of want to talk about like in the county itself, and then we'll talk about statewide in general. But according to that Fort Worth Report article, uh, the census data says that the Hispanic population 
grew by 137,000, uh, almost, I'm going to round up 138,000 to 620,000. So that's, it's 10 years ago, it was 137,000 Hispanics. And now it's 620,000 in Tarrant County. So that's like more, that's like more than double. It's like double, double times two or something. I'm not a math person, <laughs> but that's, that's a lot. That's a big increase. Uh, the white population had declined um, from 32,000 to, well, that's, they missed a number on this. Which one are you looking at? Oh, uh, I see how they're, they, I wish it was in a graph. I'm looking at the Fort Worth Report article and it just, it have, it's not even a table, but they just kind of have a section in bold that says census data. Gotcha. Okay, and so I understand what they're saying. They're saying that the first number is how many people increased by, and the second number is the total number. So I read the Hispanic population wrong. Um, we have an, uh, an additional 137,000 Hispanics in Tarrant County, bringing us to a total of 620,000-ish. And again, I'm just kind of rounding here. So, okay. Right. So we have an additional 137K for Hispanics. We have a reduction by 32K in the white population, bringing the white population down to 904,000. So almost a million. We still have a white majority. Um, black population uh, grew by 96K up to 358,000. So, and then the, the Asian population has grown by 44K to 127,000. And they kind of give us the the percentages. Hispanics people, Hispanic people now make up twenty nine percent of Tarrant County. White people now make up nearly forty three percent. Black people now make up nearly seventeen percent, and Asian people now make up six percent of Tarrant County. And again, these are the reported numbers. So there's some, you know, percentage of people that are unreported and unrepresented in this, and they could be of any, any you know, racial demographic or whatever. Mm -hmm. So is I don't so like what do you was that if you would have been asked two years ago like the growth of Fort Worth is that what you would have expected what do you think like what is what as someone who lives here like when you walk around the streets and um, you know, have, you, I have you noticed a change was honestly yeah I mean I I would have expected Hispanic populations to be growing and or you know just like more than they than they were ten years ago. Um, the, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that, that white people are still the majority around here. Yeah. I mean, it's been a pretty, and that's the funny thing is like in cities in general, I believe that, and it depends on what you're talking about, but in general, um, cities. That's tend to true. Have a, Cause I also spend like all of my time in the city. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but I was going to say, uh, tend to have smaller white populations it tends to be more diverse but fort worth is kind of that outlier of a city um kind of like tulsa too even though tulsa is a lot smaller than fort worth um in regards to like how many white people live there and so it, it we are kind of disproportionately more white. that's still another reason why i think and i don't want to tie race to party because it's you can be of any race and vote for democrat or republican but i do believe that does contribute to why Tarrant County has been such a red county for so long, even though most, if you look at most urban counties across the country, they're blue. Right. Yeah. And I guess like even, even me like seeing, you know, the diversity that Fort Worth does have 
and like forgetting, you know, that like a lot of rural Texas is, Mm. you know, just not, (laughs) not at all that diverse. And, and yeah, yeah. absolutely. So like my off the top of my head response, like is feels bananas, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, no, I don't think we're there's mostly white people here. Yeah. And that is the thing because Tarrant County, you know, the county as it's as a whole encompasses a lot of the outlying areas outside of Fort Worth, like Benbrook and Azle and Weatherford. Um, I believe mm-hmm. Weatherford, Weatherford might be the next county, um, but not Azle proper, but like uh, Eagle Mountain, Saginaw, you know, kind of north of 820 a ways. I guess it's still technically Fort Worth, but like that's a very different type of Fort Worth than if you're living like, you know, inside of 820 or even like near near downtown or something like that. It's just like a very different experience. Mm-hmm. And most of that, um, <laughs> salute, bless you. Um, most <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, but mo- most of the diversity is kind of in that center area, especially within 820. But there's a good portion of the county that's outside of that, and a lot of that, especially west and south and and north, is is white. And so that, I think that is kind of where a lot of that population is. And so this, you know, there's one thing we're talking about the population and how the population has changed. Well, okay, look, well, well, why does that matter? Um, well, because also every 10 years we do a redistricting. And so whatever party is in power, they get to decide what the districts are going to look like for the next decade based on the change in population. And so this is where gerrymandering comes into play. And gerrymandering has been a thing pretty much as long as we've been a country. It's one of my biggest like reasons of like why I think we should get rid of the electoral college. Um, it would just get rid of gerrymandering, um, because we would just have a popular vote and that would be that. Um, we wouldn't have all these crazy districts that are carved up to do whatever. Um, well, I mean, that's at least at the presidential level. I don't, I guess you'd still have, still have certain things, uh, where you'd need to do this, but here in Texas, the Republicans are the ones that are in power. And in 2010, in a response to Barack Obama's 2008 election, there was a surge in Republican voter turnout. There was a surge in Republicans. These were the Tea Party Republicans that were more libertarian in mind mindset. This is your Ted Cruz became, you know, a part of this wave. Um, and so that type of mind, those they got the House and the Senate in 2010. They redrew the, the maps. Of course, the state of Texas has been doing the same thing. So we've had a favorable Republican state for the past decade. And even though we had a really high turnout in 2020 and the state actually lost a Senate seat in that process. They get to now again, redraw for the next decade. And what they've done is essentially redraw the maps to where this huge increase in people of color is negated. Uh, and the, and it's still kind of maintaining the status quo and the power of the white Republican majorities. Uh, and, and one of the counties that they've, really messed with is not counties. One of the districts that they've really messed with is here in Tarrant County is uh Betsy Powell's, uh, Be- I'm sorry, sorry, Beverly Powell's district. Um, who was the one Democrat who like took a Republican seat, um, this past election. And so that's kind of one of the areas where they've essentially taken her dis her old district and divided it in half and split the people of color who white who like turned out to vote for her and they put them in two different districts and so yeah yeah this is this is what they do this is how gerrymandering works 
you know, pack them or crack them. The, there was one of the articles that you shared that will be in the show notes. Um, that like had a, a quote from, from somebody like who was in charge of, of splitting these up who was like oh i i did it race blind yes yes exactly (laughs) like okay then what were the other factors (laughs) leading you to divide these up because seems like you were looking at race quite a bit absolutely Uh, and that was one of the like one of the texas senators was in charge of redrawing the districts and yeah she did say that where it's in the texas tribune article i don't know if i highlighted that part but yeah and that's just a joke. Like that's 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 a total that's a total joke. And the thing is, like yeah. gerrymandering's legal. Um, there's been a, a few Supreme Court decisions about it, and you're not allowed to to gerrymander for uh, racial reasons, but you are allowed to do it for political reasons. And I so, found it. <laughs> Senator Joan Huffman. There we go, Senator Joan Huffman. She was in like the redistricting committee or whatever, right? And that what she was in charge of or something. He was the Maps lead author. There we go, Maps yeah. lead author. She's like, we ran it by the lawyers. They said it was cool. So (laughs) this is what we're going with. So, yeah. So there, even though we see this huge demographic change in Texas, is there, are we going to see that in the voting? Are we going to see that represented uh, because of the huge, you know, voter restriction bill that they passed this past year, you know, this past couple of sessions or during one of the special sessions, we've had so many special sessions. I don't even remember how, I think we've had three or four. Uh, it's, it's kind of been hard to keep track. They've still been doing stuff. Um, but yeah, so they have the voter restriction. We can't do 24-hour voting. We can't do drive-in voting. Mailing voting is greatly restricted. More ID stuff. And now on top of that, they're redrawing the lines to where they still get to kind of maintain power for the, you know, as much as they can. Now there's, wh- wh- let me see if I can find it. Because so it was interesting to me that the Washington Post wrote an article about Texas redistricting because that's a national publication. You know, when people are talking about Texas politics at a national level, it always kind of makes my ears perk. Usually isn't good stuff. (laughs) It's right. But I mean, our redistricting affects, you know, our representation in Congress. Absolutely. And we got two more seats because our population went up. We got two more seats in the house. Yeah. And like most of the Rust Belt, like lost a seat. Like uh, Illinois has lost a seat. Michigan lost a seat. Indiana lost a seat. Ohio lost a seat. Uh, these are normally states that are like very contentious, uh, you know, swing states. Oh, and the media comes out early for the election there to try and talk to voters. Well, those places are losing power, essentially. They're losing seats in Congress. So Texas, we gained two. We're the only one that gained two. There's a couple that gained one. I think Florida gained one. And uh, that's going to make people come here. We're the new swing state. Now we have, uh, I, I try to remember off the top of my head, I think 39, 39 seats, something like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. But so this, so this Washington Post article uh, kind of puts things in a way, I'm going to read a, a few things from it. It kind of breaks down the statewide uh, census data. And essentially statewide, we've got a growth of 2 million Latino people. Uh, who who replied to this, who, who, you know, did the census. We have an increase statewide in like almost 660,000 African-Americans. Uh, even more Asians, we have 624K, an increase in 624K of Asians or Pacific Islanders. And I want to make it clear, like, 
this is something I kind of, my students don't realize this either. Like they were <laughs> talking to me about it the other day. Um, Asian encompasses like all Asian peoples. And so like, if you're talking about people from India or Pakistan, like they qualify as Asian. If you're talking about people from the Philippines or from Vietnam, they're Asian or Indonesian. Of course, now the Pacific Islander, you know, right. now we got all the islands thrown in there too. But, um, you know, also Chinese, Korean, Japanese, of course, but like, you know, Mongolian is Asian. So it's like, it's just one of, it's, it encompasses a, a large group of people. I just kind of want to uh, remind people of that. Um, we did yeah. have an increase in white people. We have 188K whites and then a hundred and then 647,000 uh, other people uh, that, that, that are classified as other. So just a lot, a lot of people, like an uh, almost 4 million people increase in the state, statewide. Let me ask you this. What do you think, how, how do you think people's conception of or perception of race has like changed in the reporting? Like, do you think now that we're talking about race more and now that people are getting like DNA tests and stuff and finding out about like where they're from or whatever, do you think that's changing in how people report themselves to the government? Hmm. That's a great question. You th like, I don't know if I haven't heard much about like DNA testing about stuff like that. Do you mean more like, you know, like, you know, you're Native American, but you don't know, like, you know, much about it. So you like look into like your roots in that sense or. Well, we've got, you know, this you've got your, what is it? 23 and me. Uh, you've got ancestry.com. There's like all these companies now where you can like send them your spit or your hair or something. And mm -hmm. they, they send you a profile. They break you. They break it down and statistically. Amber did this. She did twenty three and Me, and so she mm -hmm. found out the breakdown of like what parts of Europe she was from, and she was mm -hmm. disappointed to not have non European. Like it was all like Ireland and UK. Like that was it. She was like, yeah. really? Like she. <laughs> but but I, I haven't done it. But my family's done it, and and like my mom and my 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 dad did it. And so it's like one of those things where I'm wondering if people's idea of what they are is like changing and maybe that's contributing to more people considering themselves latino for instance um or not i don't know yeah, like that, I don't... that's a fair question because i mean i'm sure that there is a portion of the population that like wasn't really sure and then you know like could have could have found out based on on testing but i don't know like i this is this isn't just like the numbers changing. This is like population growth, you know, like For this sure. is like we Tarrant County has so many more people now than it did 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. Like. Absolutely. I, I would be very interested in seeing like the data on like where people are moving from. Yeah. Um, we could, but I'm into sure that. those are a factor. We can do an episode on that where we, where we actually like look <laughs> Look, look around. Migration. Yeah, that would be really interesting, <laughs> actually, because in everyone knows and people are often complaining about oh, all these people from California are moving to Texas. And like so sure, many. <laughs> yeah. And, but, and I'm sure some of them are from California, but I'm sure a lot of them are from other places, too. Um, for, I don't Did know. Did I if, ever tell you about that customer that I was talking to at one of my jobs that uh, had just moved from California? And when I asked him why. I was like, oh, yeah, like, what, what brings you here? He just said politics. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Wow. And I, knowing our, like, you know, rates of, like, involvement in politics was like, oh. Great. Well, I mean, that's... There's oh, a, no. Yeah. Just like how we people on the we left in Texas feel maybe disenfranchised or like we don't have a voice in this state because of how f***ing red it is. Um, well, right. But also just here, like so few people are involved at all. Like, like our, our rate of like voters is so low, you know, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we feel disenfranchised, but like, also it's not like, it's not like everyone's voting and we're the minority in our feelings, you know, like, it's like, we can't get people to vote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so if someone's coming here to and vote, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Probably... he also said something about, uh, he was mad that they were like, there were some clean needle clinics uh... in his neighborhood. And I was like, Oh, okay. Those save lives, but, um, here's your beverage. Yeah. Have a great day. <laughs> and that's the thing. He probably feels disenfranchised being on the right in California. Sounds like he was probably right. Northern California or something. And so he's like, no, I'm going to go somewhere where, where it's more my vibe or where people are doing, you know, whatever I think. And so then yeah. they come over here. I wonder, I wonder what other places too, because you always hear California, Colorado's one that I always hear people in Colorado or from Colorado complaining about Texans moving to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> and like ruining that Sounds place. Right. Um, I don't know if it's just a personal thing, but throughout my life, I know a ton of people and I have family who have connections in Michigan. And I feel really? I've, I'll, I, every now and again, I'll talk to somebody who's moving to Michigan or driving to Michigan or going to Michigan. I don't know if that's just my own anecdotal, like singular experience or if that if there's like an actual like Michigan to Texas pipeline for some reason, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Do you? That's interesting. So, I haven't picked up on that one. You came here from West Virginia, right? Yeah, that's where we moved from. So and I mean, like that's... Pennsylvania before that. So like kind of just around the you know northeast. Okay. So I mean, you know, there's yeah. there is an eastern east to west sort of migrational flow too, even if it's smaller or less than the California thing. I don't know. I'm very curious. I'm very interested in migration. So like that, I'm. You've like really, yeah. you've like tickled my fancy by bringing up that talk. I'm so sorry. Like I'm totally, <laughs> totally going no, super far tangent. I, I don't know how to find that data, but I would love to. We can find it. We just have to do digging in other cities. The ones that are yeah. complaining about people moving to Texas. Whenever um, I see that people are moving, I always like, or like, like hear that people have moved. Like I always like to ask them like why and like what, what they're like, you know, like, cause you know, maybe it's just like personal and they move for a job, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But then, like, if you've got, like, political reasons for moving or, like, um, or, like, even if it's, like, less, you know, like, outright political, but, like, you're, like, this feels like a state that I want to live in more based on, you know, the laws that you have, yep. <laughs> you know, like, I, that, yeah, that fascinates me. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing. I was just, have, I have some friends that I work with that are all gun owners and they were talking about this new app that you can get that does your location services. So if you like drive around a lot or travel a lot, it tells you the lot, the gun laws like in the state you're going into because there's all these different things about how you have to keep it, how far away you have to keep it from you. If it's a two-step thing where you have to have it like unloaded and have like the ammunition in a different spot in certain states, like there's all these different things. And so it's like, it's really hard to keep track of that stuff. So that's one motivating factor. If, you, if you, that's you and you do this thing that has a political 
you know, impact or implication where there's like all these laws on the thing that you're trying to do, then I understand that like, oh, I'm going to go to the place where like those laws don't aren't as impactful or as impeding or whatever. Like I get that. Yeah. But it, again, we're, these, we're talking about people, people who migrate are people who can afford to do so. Uh, and it's a, it's a, pri it's a privilege to be able to move just to get up and be like, I'm going to go somewhere else in this place. Like, no, um, you, that, you know, not everybody can do that. I would argue that most people actually can't do that. So. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Which yeah goes for a lot of the, the things back to the, the redistricting and, yeah. and voting things like a lot of people, you know, aren't able to choose where they live like based on their political stance you know a lot of people aren't able to vote in the ways that we're currently set up to be able to vote you know a yeah. lot of people aren't comfortable answering the census yeah you know like affecting how redistricting works yeah i mean it and really, then yeah. even when they do they get gerrymandered yeah it's really it's a it's an infuriating problem I got really mad when I learned about it when I was in high school and that was a long, long time ago and it's been going on before that and it's still going on. It hasn't changed. Like, and I feel like now everyone knows about it, but like we still don't have enough people doing anything about it. And the, one of the problems is the Supreme Court, like the Supreme Court just really hasn't done anything about it, like really has tried to be hands off and like judge things as narrowly as possible whenever making claims or calls on it and not doing like a nationwide thing. So that was another thing I noticed, I think, in the Texas Tribune article um, that <laughs> it said something about how, um, like, since the Voting Rights Act, uh, Texas has not gone a decade without being, like, it used some kind of, like, really gentle word that meant reprimand. Yeah. You know? Like without being like reprimanded by the federal government for for like, but it wasn't even as harsh as reprimand. I I wish I had the word up in front of me. Um, but yeah, like like even when even when you do like clearly make a mistake enough for the federal government to be like, whoa, dude, what you doing? Right. Then it's still like not that severe a thing, you know. It's still just like, oh, hey, you know, shame. Don't do that. Don't do that. Exactly. And the Voting Rights Act has been <laughs> impinged. Like the Supreme Court took took provisions away from it. So it's even less powerful. Here, I'll read all of that. I found the section that you're talking about. This is all from the Texas Tribune article. Okay, um, it's actually right under the part where the, the lady's talking about doing it race blind. <laughs> it says quote under certain circumstances lawmakers are required to consider racial demographics in the state to ensure they are complying with the voting rights act of 1965 this is the pinnacle of the civil rights movement this was like this is kind of what a lot of it was about you uh you have uh the the civil rights act of 1964 and then the voting rights act of 1965 um but Huffman has declined, back to the article, quote, Huffman has declined Democrats' requests to specify what measures she used to ensure the maps complied with the law. Since that law's enactment, Texas has not made it a single decade without a federal court admonishing it for violating pro protections of voters of color. So every decade since the 60s, Texas has violated the protections enshrined in the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Now, uh, the article continues, quote, the stakes are higher during this redistricting cycle. In two 2013, 
the U.S. Supreme Court essentially did away with a provision in the Voting Rights Act that required states with a history of racial discrimination, like Texas, to gain approval from the federal government before making changes to election laws or political maps. As a result, this will be the first redistricting cycle in Texas without a buffer for voters of color who feel the legislature's redrawing of political maps is discriminatory. So the thing that Texas has been violating over and over again now is gone, where they essentially have to get federal approval for any changes that they make. So this is the first time they're making these maps without federal approval. Um, right. So, yeah. So this it's like, <laughs> it's like even worse. Uh, and this is what I mean by the Supreme Court, like messing with stuff uh, and like taking things away from, obviously we've talked about last podcast and before that Roe versus Wade uh, being taken away or however many, we've talked about that, you know, a, a, a lot now. Um, yeah. And those provisions being taken away. Uh, and here we have again, too, with voting, same thing. And I would even point at uh, 2011 Citizens United, uh, essentially granting, you know, uh, full-on bribery in our election system and allowing PACs and allowing, you know, undisclosed donors to donate to, to politicians. Like, it's just completely corrupted our system. And so I don't know. A lot of times we look at, I'm totally on another tangent now, but like the, a lot of people look at the Supreme Court as like this, this like kind of savior sort of entity. But a lot of times like they're, they're in the process of like upholding the system as it currently stands and taking rights away until later, like Plessy versus Ferguson, which allowed segregation for over 60 years, like was a Supreme Court decision. They were like, yeah, segregation's cool. That's okay. Uh, and it wasn't until decades and decades later that they're like, oh, our bad. Let's change it again. That's not okay. So I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I'm sorry. I was like getting mad reading this stuff this morning. I was like, man, really? Are you yeah. like still doing this? I was talking to Amber yeah. about it and she was like, I'm feeling black pilled about all this Texas politics stuff now. And I think she just likes to say the word black pilled. But I was like, no, like, don't. It's not. It's not over. Like it's not totally futile. It's just very. Wait, sorry. What's? I mean, would you explain black pilled to me? I mean, to it maybe means different things to different people. It's one of those one of those uh you know labels that people like to throw. Oh, red pilled. Ah, whatever. Um, I mean, I I've seen the Matrix, but there wasn't a black. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, (laughs) it's it's the nihilistic extreme pill where nothing matters. Nothing. There is no self there is no world in front of me everything's mm-hmm. you know it's just every, it's all pointless it's a total nihilism um yeah and i think she's joking but i but i right. I, I get it though like i get that yeah it's, the vibe, <laughs> for sure. it's like every time i open the news especially because we have to cover this stuff for you guys for listeners like i hope you guys are, are are finding this information useful and uh in this you know even if it is frustrating at times and kind of a bummer to be like man Things aren't going to change for the better this decade, maybe, maybe next decade, you know, which is what we were saying, which is what some of us were saying last decade. Like, I was like, well, 2020 is going to be different, though. Uh, Not yet, but the demographics are changing. So it's like. You can't hold power forever. You might be able to postpone it till the next time around another 10 years, but they're going to continue to change in that direction. Um, There was one. Oh, what thing was it? I, I, I spend too much time printing stuff off and like highlighting a ton of stuff. And then I just can't find it. I need to like put it all in a nice, pretty document. Like I'm like <laughs> I'm doing a class and like have it all easily findable. 
Um, there was one statistic that really jumped out to me, and it was the decline. Uh, and I mean, I guess we've already mentioned it, but it was the decline in the white population in Tarrant County. Um, oh, I remember what it was. It was the interactive website. So, by the way, we're gonna put this link down in the in the show notes, uh, in the doobly do. Uh, there's this awesome website. There's a few links in there called the Texas Demographic Center. And they just kind of keep all of the census data and, and publicly available so you can go look at it. And they've made this beautiful little dashboard that you can just like select which county you want and it'll tell you the information on it. And so I looked up Tarrant County. I actually took a screenshot of it and I'm gonna post it on our Twitter. If you wanna go look, instead of just going to the website and typing in Tarrant County, um, which it just refreshed and now I gotta do it again. If you, rather than do, if you don't wanna do that, which you should go do that, I would recommend that and just kind of look around Texas. But if you don't have the time or don't want to, check out our Twitter and I'll, you'll see the screenshot of the same information. But essentially it shows a 20 year trend. It shows the graph of the population racial demographic breakdown for 2000, uh, for 2010 and for 2020. And in each decade, the percentage of the white population has declined by 10%. Uh, in 2000, it was 61.9% of the population in Tarrant County. Uh, in 2010, it was 51.8% population of Tarrant County. And this most recent census, it is now down to 42.9%. So down nine percentage points. So that, I mean, like, whatever, like, I don't care. But I know people who are, you know, white genocide people or white white supremacist people who who think the, the uh, extinguishment of the white race is, is a problem or whatever, which is just insanely ridiculous. Um, you could look at this graph and go like, see, it's happening. This is, this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I think it's great. I think, I think it's nice. Mm -hmm. I think it's nice that Tarrant County is becoming more, you know, representative of a lot of America. And I don't know. I don't know. What did you, what did, did you see that graph that I was talking uh, about? You're talking about the pie charts here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the pie. It's so it's, it says redistricting data. Like if you go to the dashboard, it's the, it's the yeah, pie chart. It's the one where you can like select the specific county. Yeah, interactive. And then look at all the stats. Yeah. 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 So it actually, it went up in number between 2000 and 2010, but just not in uh, percentage. Down in percentage, up in number. Hmm. And then, but it went actually down in number by like 35,000. Between twenty ten and twenty twenty, yeah. and that's that's I guess why I was Wait, asking. Earlier. Okay, see now I now I see why you asked. You know, are more white people reporting themselves as something else? Yeah, or or have that many white people moved away? <laughs> like, yeah, that is I, interesting. So I don't know. I mean, and that's something that maybe we can find out as time goes there on. There is there is a. Uh, the number of uh, non-Hispanic other doubled in size uh, in the past 10 years. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's true. So from 2.4% to 4.7%. Yeah, which could account for all of the people that, um, all of the change in the, in the white population. Yeah, because that's a 98K number of people. For the yeah. non-Hispanic other, um, so that's like triple what the decline in the white population is. Yes. Interesting. Yes, yes. 
It's just one of those things. Amber's been so busy with her PhD stuff and, and doing school stuff that like she hasn't had the time to come on the, on the podcast, but we still talk about this stuff. And she is essentially like a statistician. She runs statistical analyses for her studies that she's doing and the articles that she's trying to get published. And so like, I want her to come in here and she could totally take this census data because that's what she uses for her studies anyways. Because a lot of times it's like old census data. Uh, she, she could make our own our own study or spreadsheet or run our own analyses on this stuff. Like we would be able to actually find that information and publish it as an organization as soon as Amber's <laughs> done with school. But that'd I, be cool. Yeah. She's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I could help her out. I had done the historical analysis stuff and I had to do the statistics for education, but man, I hated, I hated it. It's not, it's not my thing. I'm not <laughs> a math person, but I get it. I, I understand how it all works. I could help compile data. So I don't know. That's down the road. We could, we have the capabilities to do stuff like that. But so now we've got this data. It's not going anywhere. We can do stuff. But I don't, yeah, I don't know. So some of these questions, you know, we could answer. Let's see. What else, what else was there that we kind of talked about? Is that everything? Mm -hmm. I guess that really is kind of. I mean, yeah, kind of everything is just like, well, this is what the Republicans are doing. Yeah. We hate it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, okay, something that did jump out to me um, in in several different places. Um, I don't think I've got a quote because it just like kept happening in, in multiple articles. Um, but the fact that, what was it? So like, do you have the numbers of districts mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that um, will have majority white people in them? Yes. Um, versus other races? So there, there's some for the Senate and some for the House. Yeah, I did want to cover that. Thank you. I'm glad, so glad you brought that up. Um, in the Texas Tribune article, uh, it says that in the Senate, there are currently 21 districts where the majority of eligible voters are white, seven with mm -hmm. Hispanic majorities, and one where black residents are in the majority, and two where no racial group makes up more than half. The proposed Which map... Which is sorry. already so far off of the data yeah. from 2010. Like, according to that, you know, maybe slightly over half of the districts should have majority white people. Yep. Like, I'm okay, there are other things that go into into redistricting, I'm sure. But, like, come on. Yeah. 20? Yeah. 20 districts. Oh, my God. Sorry. 21. Continue. No, it's even, yeah, currently it's 21. And so the rest of them, there's 32 right. total. There's 32 total. So of the 32, 21 of them um are white and so now the new map brings it down to 20 districts of of white majority white and then the same seven with hispanic same one with black and now that rather than two there are three districts with no racial group that makes it more than half um great yeah there we love it yeah so it's it's I guess the like the tiniest concession that they can make, they're like, okay, well, we'll take a, take away one majority white district, and we'll give it to like you know the ambiguous, which like I don't know, I just want I do want to take a second, like there's a big focus on the racial demographics, and mm -hmm. like that's only one way, that's only one demographic on people. Like there's so that's many other, there's so many other ways that you can, and that the census looks at the other stuff too. But like what the right. media always wants to talk about and what everybody's always worried about is the racial demographics. Like I would want to even more be concerned about the class demographics. Like where are mm -hmm. the super rich people? Uh, what district are they in? Um, where is the majority middle, upper middle class people? What districts are they in? And it, 
it kind of overlaps with race. Like there's a little bit of that. And I think it's people use race as a shortcut for that. But like the rich people in Fort Worth aren't 100% white. You know, like there's yeah. there's people of color in Fort Worth that are billionaires, too, or whatever, um, or millionaires or whatever. And so, like, it's I I it bothers me the f amount of focus that we kind of use the whole racial thing. And also kind of as we talked about earlier with the people maybe reporting differently, when you just give them a list of like five things to pick from, like. Is that representative of all the quote unquote races in the world or whatever? Like, what is race anyways? it's a social contract anyways, like it's just stuff we made up anyways. And so like, where is the line? Where does it, you know, like, it, I, I don't know. I, I see the importance of using it for a metric to a certain extent, but I feel like it, right. it, it becomes like very much like, you know, I don't know, people obsess over this aspect of it. And it's like, there are other things that we could be looking at about people that would give us useful information um about the population and that we could use for policy and i think class is like one of those that is equally as important if not more important yeah. like it's debatable but like i i don't know it, i don't know true and i do i do hate when like all of the articles that will be in the doobly-doo like focus on race and and nobody mentions income and i hate the like the just inherently tying those two things together yeah. yeah i i understand that you know that is how it works quite often but i would like to see the numbers you know next to each other you know like i i would like you to mention anything else in your article yeah <laughs> like i i just i want to know more of the what's her name <laughs> oh. i want to know what went into her decisions <laughs> Mrs. Uh, the the drawer of the map. Yeah. Oh no, where'd she go? I lost it. <laughs> yeah, like Joan Huffman. There you go. Yeah, like. Yeah, there she is. I I want to know like what data she is considering. Like obviously, you know, she's not. She's not being the most ethical. Like that seems just clear, and and you know, cut and dry, but like. There are more factors for this. Yeah. And I would love to see them all next to each other. And the other thing, too, is like on the flip side, like of what I said a second ago, like, okay, they're being rich people of color. There are a lot of poor white people. Um, and mm -hmm. that is almost more in a, an important like number when we're considering what is the quality of our population in the city or whatever in the county. Like mm -hmm. that's a, a population that needs to be dealt with and addressed. Um, just like every other poor population or poor part of the city. But oftentimes mm -hmm. when we're talking about poor, people think that's synonymous with people of color. And yeah. that in itself is kind of racist. Like just thinking all brown and black people are poor. Uh, that's not true, but that ignores the quite sizable white poor population. Uh, right. When we start talking about race and then we start talking about marginalized populations, you yeah. know, and stuff like that. And it's like, well, there are a lot of different marginalized populations for a lot of different reasons. Absolutely. And like a lot of them have to do with with race, but, uh, you know, a lot of them have to do with a lot of other things, too. Exactly. I don't know. So that's just I just wanted to <laughs> I just wanted to say that because like even us, like because we're reading this information and all of the information that we're going over is very focused on the race. Like I, you know, I just want to state the my personal opinion and yours, too, like, you know, about 
where we stand on this on this whole thing. Because I don't know. I feel like most people yeah. are more nuanced, you know, than than a lot of times things are are reported for. It's like there is sort of this gray area. Um, I don't know. So I guess, but to continue on to finishing the number of the of the district. So we had one yeah, yeah. loss of a white district in the house, turning it to a ambiguous, you know, no majority district in the Senate. Um, the map quote the map brings the number of districts in which Hispanics make up the majority of eligible voters down from thirty three to thirty. Um, the number of districts with black residents as the majority of eligible voters would go down from seven to six. And meanwhile, the number of districts, I'm sorry, this is the house. I said the Senate, forgive me. I misspoke. This is the house. So we have 33 house seats that were Hispanic seats. Now it's 30. Uh, there were seven majority black district seats in the house. Now it's six. Um, and the number of districts with a white majority would increase from 83 to 89. So the 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 one district kind of you I guess you can call it a concession that they made at the, in the Senate where like okay we'll we'll decrease the white majority by this one district. In the House, they make up for it with six additional seats and then a reduction in three Hispanic seats, a reduction in one black seat. Um and so it's just it's pretty pretty bold and brazen. Like just straight when that's not when that's the opposite of the trend. When what population did the the okay we had four million people increase? Like what were they? What what did those people look like or whatever? And it's like not white, but we get six more white seats, you know, in in the in the house. I don't know. It's just pretty pretty bold and yeah. brazen. Which I guess yeah. I think if anything, it just shows that like the people in charge of drawing the maps, which happened to be Republicans this year, um that's what they're looking at is what it looks like, mm -hmm. you know, like it, they, they haven't given us any other, like, you know, this is why we drew the map this way to like help, you yeah. know, poor people or whatever, like be better represented. No, like it's just like, Oh, well let's, let's make sure that like, you know, we still have majority white seats yep. no matter what. Yep. Uh, there's two methods, and we kind of we went over them, but we didn't describe it this way. But there's there's two ways just to go about doing this, and you can you can crack the districts where you split a district and 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 absorb it into two other districts, and you diffuse uh, the population that you're targeting, which is what happened in Beverly Powell's district. That's going to split her district. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing you can do is you can pack them, where you just draw a district around an entire population of a certain you know color, and then. Now those voters don't get to influence the elections in the other districts that maybe they should be in. Um, but instead, they're all just, which is how uh, our representative, Mark Vesey, our, our U.S. Congress rep, I believe mm -hmm. he's your rep. I know he's my rep. I don't know where the line is. He might not be your rep. but I think he is. Yeah, he, that's his district. It's just a black-packed district. Um, and so, and so you can do that. You're like, okay, well, we'll give you this one district, but then we're going to take these other ones since you're not going to get any of the surrounding area or anything. So that's, you know, that's exactly what's going on here. And just to be like, I thought it was interesting. The Washington Post article said this and it seemed totally non sequitur and irrelevant, but they, I guess they're trying to be non-biased or appear fair. And so they talked about, well, in Oregon, uh, the Democrats are gerrymandering uh, the Republicans and the Republicans yeah. almost, almost walked out of the, of the, the, you know, house or whatever to protest the gerrymandering so like it is not just a republican thing 
it is a po political thing. Both parties do it wherever the parties have power. And you can just look at it in a power dynamic and say, who has power? Are they going to want to lose that power? No. So they're going to do whatever they can legally and so maybe even illegally to maintain that power. Um, but we're just focusing True. on the Republicans because we're here in Texas and that's that's who's in power here for us. Yep. Forever. Yeah. No, not forever. Don't take the black pill. No, it's going to be okay. We just okay, great. we just got more of an uphill battle than we already had, and I know that's frustrating. It's and only exhausting. been forever so far. No, there <laughs> was a time we had a Democratic governor in the '90s, Ann Richards, in like '91, I think, is when she stopped oh, being. Yeah, or you're something. right. So it's been it wasn't that long ago. It was a long time ago, but it happened. So I mean, it can't happen again. We could talk about the governor real quick before we sign off. We're doing really well on time. You, me, me and Thomas talked about it a little bit last episode, but so Beto isn't officially running, but is like probably running. Um, okay, okay. And then McConaughey is like really playing the game of not saying whether or not he's running, but like really enjoy the fact that he's not saying. Um, and so I don't, I, which leads me to believe that maybe he is or was thinking about it anyways. So I don't know. I mean, last like quote I saw by him, which was a long time ago. But like I saw like some rumors that he might be, and then he was like, "No, I'm not." But now, so now if he's not saying that he's not, <laughs> yeah. then it's like, okay, well, you said you're not before. What's changed? Yeah, he had an interview. I forget on what TV show it was, but he had an interview where they were asking him about that recently in the, in the past week or two, and and he was essentially saying, "I am being ambiguous on purpose." Like he he came out and said that. So it's like, okay, so if you're doing it on purpose and so you're doing he's got to either reason, throw his weight behind somebody or run for governor. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. There's a reason you're keeping your mouth. There is a, there's a reason you're keeping it ambiguous. Unless you're just fucking with people and you're having fun because you can, I guess, which sometimes people do that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's weird. So, I mean, that's the thing that, the skin, the thing that scares me about him is I don't know what he thinks about anything and that's that's the ambigu ambiguity he's talking about he's like True. i'm not talking about we're all like decisions. oh he's so cool like yeah. look at his cool job and like whatever you know <laughs> we don't actually know what his politics are yeah so i mean and like like oh he writes journals and he was on hot ones cool yeah <laughs> we want that guy to be our governor <laughs> but like does 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 it even matter like is the bar so low is abbott so bad that like it doesn't even matter. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, a little bit. Like, what are the odds? I, I know enough about Matthew McConaughey that I would absolutely vote for him over Greg Abbott. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. Like, I don't know what the what the roster is going to look like. I'm not going to say that he would have my vote regardless. Yeah. But over Greg Abbott, a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then Beto, like Beto has the experience. Beto has the name recognition politically. I think he, you know, mm -hmm. we've, we've discussed multiple times about how he probably, you know, ruined his name or has a lot of, lot of earning back to do here in Texas because of what he said when he was running for president about taking people's guns away. Um, Texans right. don't take to that lightly. But I think if he does a bunch between now and next November, whenever that, when the, so we got a long time between the governor election. Um, but I think he can, 
I think he, if he if he tries to do a lot and maybe McConaughey like doesn't get involved, I think Beto because Abbott's popularity is so low right now. Like he's pissed off everybody. He's definitely pissed off people on the left, but he's pissed off Republicans too. And, mm-hmm. and so I don't think I think now the time is right. Like if Abbott's going to get beaten, like it's going to be this next coming election. And that's the other thing because it's a year away, he does have time to maybe make up for his shortcomings during the pandemic and stuff. But I don't know. I think people are over him. So it's just like, who yeah. I don't know. So we'll see. He didn't really make anyone happy in the past like no. year and a half. Like Yeah. And he would he would start he would start pandering to somebody and then he would like flip it after a couple months and yeah. be like, No, 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 it's the sorry, other, other way, like just seesaw, you know? Not that makes nobody happy. Yep, pretty much. He's trying to have his cake and eat it too. And I think it's just the Texas Republican Party in general. Which, by the way, if you haven't checked out, listener, we went down the entire party platform of the Texas Republican Party. If you don't know how bonkers they are, um, listen to that. And, because- by, and by the entire thing, we mean we barely delved into yeah. it because it's massive. Yes. <laughs> well, there's the link if you, listener, want to go look at the rest of what we didn't get to. Because, yeah, we got through like maybe a third of it uh, because it's so bonkers. <laughs> That party, I really think that party is really, we could just look at the actions over the past year and they know they're losing power. They're aware of the, the trends. Um, this is why they, the heartbeat bill, you know, this is why the voter restriction bill, this is why uh, they were going to do redistricting anyways, but this is why they're being so bold and brazen about how they're doing it is because they know this is essentially their last chance, their last decade, maybe two, maybe two decades. I hope not two decades, but maybe last decade. Um, of this, you know, changing. And especially because of those two congressional seats, because of those two congressional seats, we're going to get, man, political life here in Texas is going to get crazy. It's we're going to, we're going to be the new Ohio We're it's always going to be election season. People will always be bugging us, sending us texts and emails, polls, calling us, asking who we're going to vote for. They never used to do that before because Texas was always solidly red. And now that we've got almost the most seats in this in the country like if you win texas you win the election essentially um it's become that much of the swing state that uh we're gonna be inundated for the foreseeable future in political nonsense so buckle up (laughs) i don't know have have you do you get do you get texts and i know you we were talking about mailers earlier like yeah yeah Texts, calls, mailers. Yeah, if you just donate one, one time, then your 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 information's out there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think they just look at the voter registration rolls too. Sign so a like, petition, and then you get emails forever. Yeah, so that's going to be the new norm. And uh, but you know, hopefully because of that, ho- you know, it could go either way. It could make people disengaged, but hopefully it makes people more engaged because now that we see what's at stake, you know, abortions at stake, essentially. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of things that are just being voting is at stake, essentially. So. So, yeah. So, listener, thank you for joining us on this. Thank you for, you know, trying to stay informed. I hope we're, we're doing the, you know, doing a good job for you on that. Let us know if there is any stories that you would like us to cover, if there's any questions that you have in regards to the election. So the election, this this should be posted on Monday, the 18th. The election is going to be in about three weeks. We've got November 3rd, uh, not even three. 
as well. November 3rd is the is the election. So please go vote in November. Even though there's not a lot on the ballot, you're going to have your eight propositions. If you don't know how to vote on the propositions, we did an episode on that. Um, I believe it's the last episode or two episodes ago. So go go listen to the episode on eight propositions um, and make your own decisions. We came up with our own and kind of broke broke down the, the bills as best we could. Um, but certainly come to your own conclusions on how to vote on that, but stay informed. And uh, hit us up on Twitter at FWReview or send us an email at uh, FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. And have a great week. Yeah. Yay. Bye. Bye.